My name is Bob Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here at Stony Brook Church. On behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend David Hoffman, who is our preacher of the day, I greet you and I, I, I greet you. Are we, are, we, are we on yet? Did I, did I turn something off? Let me see if I turn something off in my pocket. Let's see if that, that's the first. No, I got, I got a green light. So it's on, it's back to you. Well, then, uh, this will make sense later. It's if you're really quiet, you'll be able to hear me, okay? Oh, there we go. <laughs> We're glad that you're with us today. We greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the Good Shepherd. If you'll take a moment, those of you in the house, if you'll take your connection card at this time, fill out the connection card, let us know that you're here. If you're watching online, our, our host has put the link up for this connection card, and you can click on that link and fill it out. This also gives you an opportunity to sign up for some things that are happening here, and you also can put your prayer requests here. I do have a couple of um, announcements for us. Uh, there is a job opening in the front office. Our communications office assistant position is open. Uh, that person will oversee all the written communications here at Stony Brook and then help with other office uh, responsibilities. It's a 25 to 28 hour per week part-time position. And so if you have some interest, if you know someone that is interested, if you'll contact the church office, you can visit stonybrook.church forward slash job dash opportunities. There's a full job description and an application there. We also need hospitality volunteers, folks to help with ushering, greeting, helping with coffee hour, and being an online host. And since you have your connection card that you're still filling out, on the back you can say, I'd like to be able to be, be considered for one of these positions, and you can just check that and then the person in charge will give you a call and get you signed up for one of those opportunities. Our broadcast and, uh, and video production and camera operators, we still need some folks to help us with that. And you can do that. And I think I mentioned this once before, running the camera is as easy as falling off a log. That's what they tell me. It is easy to do. And so we'd invite you to come and, and you can be, we'll, be, we'll be trained here. And there are some other jobs that you could be trained to do as well. So if you have some interest, if you'll just talk with Tom and, and, and check with his, his email addresses in your bulletin. How many of you would benefit from an increase in endorphins? Or um, like a, a good meal? Or like a really soft t-shirt? Or enjoy a, a, a cooling Kona ice treat? Well, if some of these things would be beneficial to you, we've got a deal for you. We're looking for volunteers for uh, youth and for adults, and that's most of you. We're doing Bible school again this year. We'll be in-house, and we're going to be making waves, and that's the theme for our Bible school. It's June 20 to 24. It's from 6 to 8 p.m., and we need lots of volunteers. Bible school is one of the times that we get as much contact with our kids as most of the other programming that we do. We get kids coming back, and you can make a significant difference. You'll get all those personal benefits, but the most important thing is that you'll be able to share Christ with our kids in the community. I hope that you'll consider signing up to be a Bible school volunteer. It's now my privilege to present to you, introduce to you our uh, Director of Youth Ministries, uh, Jason Sheldon. I'm fishing around here. Uh, Jason, I found something. I think that you, this might be yours. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
thank you this is a so little, much. Where, where did this come from? Uh, so this oh. last Friday night, we had an overnighter with our fourth through sixth grade students, and uh, probably close to a thousand darts were shot ah. uh, around the back room. I'll, I'll take that. You want to hold on to I'll that? Give, I'll yeah, give it we've back got to plenty, you. I'll so. give it back to you. <laughs> Uh, we spent about 20 minutes search, making sure we found all of them, and already two other random darts have been found and brought to my attention. So uh, it's going to be a fun Easter egg hunt for the next, until we, Christmas when we go up to the loft and decorate up there. We'll find more up there. So uh, that was a fun event for our, our younger kids. Uh, I am here to talk about a fun event for our older kids. Our 7th through 12th graders are going to be participating in the Appalachia Service Project, uh, July 17th through the 23rd. We are going to Harlan, Kentucky uh, to make homes warmer, safer, and drier for the individuals down there. Uh, over the last 40 plus years, this church has been extremely generous in helping to make sure that these trips can happen. We have a lot of uh, things that we need to do, like uh, vans. We ride in vans all the way down. Gas, and that's getting more expensive, so we need funds for gas. So those who are not able to participate building homes, uh, we do need help raising funds that we can do those. So I am coming to the church and asking for your help, and we have a fun way that everyone can in get involved. So uh, if you noticed over by the Connect tables out there, we do have some boxes with these envelopes taped all over the boxes, and these are marked with dollar amounts from $1 $25, $50, and some even with mystery donations. So you can donate whatever you feel like. So we're asking so, funds. So you could, you could give more than $50? You can, and that would be a generous thing to do. What, what would it cost to send one person? To... One person, the trip for, the cost for one person is $425 per person this year. So if you pull off one of these that. mystery donations, uh, we do take cash or check. Uh, so gladly accept any type if, of donation. If they're watching online, could they go to the uh, Give button and put uh, ASP? Absolutely. Stonybrook.church okay. in the top right corner, there is a Give button, and there is uh, a line for ASP donations. So uh, any generosity is greatly appreciated. If you do donate uh, $25 or more, there are instructions in the cards, and you can always see me as well, on how to sign up for our ASP donor emails. And throughout the week of ASP, we'll be sending out emails to our donors to give you some insight about what we're doing, uh, what the kids are up to, and uh, some special highlights from the youth throughout the week as well. So uh, take an envelope, uh, fill it with the dollar amount listed, or you can go online and give that way. And uh, when you put your Connect cards in the offering plate, go ahead and put the envelopes in there as well. Um, and again, online donations are appreciated at stonybrook.church. If you have any questions, come find me, and I will gladly help you out. Thank you so much, church. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for leading that effort. How many ASP volunteers have we had over the years? Have you been? Oh, we got lots of ASP volunteers. And I know all of these folks will be wanting to stop and get one of those envelopes as they leave today. <laughs> we invite you now to simply be at peace. Christina Sebriak plays that beautiful melody for us right now.
Please stand as we are called to worship. Come, let us worship and praise God. Celebrate the many ways in which God cares for our lives. Even though difficulties happen in our lives, God is still with us. Surely God's mercy accompanies us on our journey, and we will dwell in God's house forever. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Let us sing together.
as we recite together Psalm 23, the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Please be seated. In addition to being Good Shepherd Sunday, we are also observing Mother's Day today, and so we want to take this opportunity to wish a warm Mother's Day to all of our moms who are with us today. Mother's Day in its present form began with a special service uh, in May of 1907 at the Methodist Episcopal Church in Grafton, West Virginia. Our morning prayer today is from the United Methodist Book of Worship. It's a set of special petitions written for Mother's Day. And after each petition, I will pause and give you an opportunity to offer your own silent prayers. Let us pray. First, we pray for our mothers who have given us life and love that we may show them reverence and love. We pray to the Lord. For mothers who have lost a child through death, that their faith may give them hope and their family and friends support and console them. We pray to the Lord. For women, though without children of their own, who like mothers have nurtured and cared for us, we pray to the Lord. For mothers who have been unable to be a source of strength, who have not responded to their children and have not sustained their families, we pray to the Lord. Loving God as a mother gives life and nourishment to her children, 
So you watch over your church. Bless these women that they may be strengthened as Christian mothers. Let the example of their faith and love shine forth. Grant that we, their sons and daughters, may honor them always with a spirit of profound respect. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now let us pray with one voice as Christ has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Here now as the men's ensemble sings for us, you are mine.
Thank you for your gift of music this morning. The men's ensemble plus one, Kelly and Rachel and Christina, thank you for that gift this morning. Today's scripture lesson comes from the 20th or 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 22 through 30. I invite us to hear these words. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What the Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Friends, this is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen.
For me, part of the good news communicated in this gospel lesson is simply the assurance that Jesus promises to speak with us. Not once, not twice, but over and over again. We can bring our questions, our doubts, even our fears, and know that Jesus will be responsive. Now in speaking, Jesus, however, did not always answer the questions in the ways that the crowds wanted nor expected. In this morning's text, people were gathered around Jesus, demanding that he, they, that he tell them plainly if he was the Messiah. Jesus replied that he had already told them, and they weren't listening, and they did not believe. Now, at first, it might appear as a mere he said, they said situation, but instead, what seems to be happening here is that those who were questioning Jesus were looking for a particular type of answer, and Jesus was not willing to share it with them. It was not that Jesus had, had refused to answer the question, but Jesus did not answer the question in the way that they had anticipated hearing it. And like the religious leaders, maybe we too at times in our lives need to let go of what we want to hear and listen. Listen to what Jesus is actually saying and doing both in speech and in action. Too often we resemble the parent of a defiant teenager versus a faithful follower by commanding the phrase, do as I say, not as I do. We discover that what we want or expect from others is not always the same that we expect for ourselves. And even though we have failed to listen and even to understand, the good news is that Jesus still promises to speak to us, to listen to us, and to respond. In his book, Directions, author James Hamilton shares this insight about listening to God. He writes, before refrigerators, people used ice houses to preserve their food. Ice houses had thick walls, no windows, and a tight-fitting door. In winter, when streams and lakes were frozen, large blocks of ice were cut and hauled to the ice houses and covered with sawdust, and often that ice would last well into the summer months. One time, a man lost a valuable watch while working in the ice house. He searched diligently for it, carefully raking through the sawdust, but, but he couldn't find it. His co-workers also looked, but their efforts, too, proved futile. And then a small boy who heard about the fruitless search slipped into the ice house over the noon hour and soon emerged with a watch. Amazed, the men asked how he had found it. I closed the door, the boy replied. I laid down in the sawdust and kept very still. Soon, I heard the watch ticking. <laughs> you see, friends, often it's not whether or not God is speaking. It's our ability to listen and to hear what is being said. 
Like the religious leaders, we want Jesus to tell us plainly, tell us in black and white, when, when we already have the witness and the experience of others right in front of us and in Scripture. As United Methodists, we, we have the permission to use our, our collective reason, our tradition, and our experience to understand what God is saying to us. God is still speaking, but we're not always listening. Leadership Magazine asks us to consider the following. How good a listener are we? Number one, since we think about four times faster than, than a person usually talks, do we use this time to think about other things while we're trying to keep track of the conversation? Maybe what we are going to say next? Number two, do we, do we listen primarily to the facts rather than, than the ideas that someone else is speaking? Three, do we avoid listening to things that we feel are too difficult for us to understand? Four, can we tell by a person's appearance and delivery that there won't be anything worthwhile said? Five, when, when someone is talking, do we appear to be paying attention even when we're not? Six, do certain words and phrases prejudice us, prejudice us so that we cannot listen objectively? And last, when listening, are we distracted by outside sights and sounds? How is our listening? Listening takes work. Listening takes patience and persistence and practice and, and the ability for us to distinguish patterns. Listen to some of these descriptions of how God speaks and see if we can discern a pattern. Friends, if we hear a voice, and if that voice calls us to be faithful, to be true to our word, to keep our promises, it is of God. If a voice invites us to break our promises or to lie, it is not of God. If we hear an invitation to spend more of our life focused on others, to measure our success by the difference that we can make in someone else's life, it is probably of God. If we hear a voice, and that voice calls us to be a peacemaker, to do justice and, and spread hope, it is of God. If we hear an encouragement to live life to its fullest, to set aside anger and forgive and forgive some more, it is of God. If a voice tells us that a, a gracious God deeply loves us and that we are a child of God and that no one can take that away from us, then that voice is of God. As Christians, we choose to believe that God has claimed us, God has called us through the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We belong to God and no one, nothing in this life can change that. But if a voice, if we hear a voice, and that voice tells us that we are not worth it, that there is no hope for us, that voice is not from God. You see, our increased ability and willingness to listen help us to create these life-giving patterns. Listening to God's voice leads us to knowing and being known. Listening leads us 
to experience life, not just the eternal life promised sometime in the future, but life now in all of its fullness. Far too long as the church, I believe that we have preached and publicized the threat that that bad people or even people who do bad things or people who don't believe as we believe will go straight to hell. And then in turn, we, we use bribes and we use guilt and prosperity to convince ourselves that good people like us or, or people who do good things will go, go to receive their heavenly reward. And too often, we, we neglect the message and the urgency of the Gospel of John mentioned in this text and others that the rich and fulfilling and eternal life which, got, which can be found in, in loving and generous and forgiving relationships with Christ and with others can be experienced here and now as we participate in bringing God's kingdom here on earth. We miss out on the abundance of life offered to us right here, right now and all around us. Yes, we will still make mistakes. We will feel anxious. We will lose our way. But but when we hear God's voice, we know that the journey is our home and that Jesus, the companion, is with us each step of the way. The, The beloved 23rd Psalm reminds us of that this morning. God's goodness God's mercy will follow us all the days of our life and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In essence, those gathered in the crowd were saying that that they would, to borrow the phrase, believe it when they see it. Jesus challenged them to believe it even when they couldn't see it yet for themselves. And this may help us to understand Jesus' awkward and unexpected response to the crowd. You do not believe because you do not belong to my flock and my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I think many of you are aware that my undergraduate degree is in psychology. Then and now I'm fascinated by by why we, we behave in the ways that we do. One of the most surprising things that I learned in my first psychology class was that while I tended to think that belief shapes our behavior, that is our actions follow our convictions, the truth turns out to be just the opposite. More often than not, our behavior shapes our beliefs. Ask people to put a small political sign in their yard and their support for the candidate rises dramatically. Get folks to start recycling for a month and their commitment to the environment goes well beyond what it was before they began recycling. You see, we tend to justify our actions by shaping our convictions and even our identity, often unconsciously, to explain and support these actions. This means that our popular exclamation that I'll believe it when I see it should probably be slightly modified, but significantly, I'll believe it when I do it. 
All of this helps us to make sense of what Jesus was saying. Yes, those who believe are, are part of his flock and they, they follow him. And at the same time, those who are following him are more likely to believe in him and identify as part of his flock. We tend to separate out believing and following, but according to both Jesus and modern psychologists, the two actually go together. Friends, may we listen. May we follow the one that never ceases to reach out to us, call us by name, and speak to us. Now, Jesus' identity is not the only one that gets questioned by the crowd, even today's crowd. I found the following story and wanted to share it with you this morning since it's Mother's Day. One mother shares the following encounter. When I was picking up the children at school a few months ago, she writes, another mother I knew well rushed up to me. She was fuming with anger. Do you know what you and I are, she demanded. (laughs) Before I could answer, she writes, I didn't really have one handy. She blurted out the reason for her question. She had just returned from renewing her driver's license at the Department of Motor Vehicles. Ohio doesn't ask these questions. I was just there this past week. But when asked by the woman recorder at the uh, Bureau for Motor Vehicles to state her occupation, she hesitated, uncertain how to classify herself. What I mean is, explained the recorder, do you have a job or are you just... uh, Of course I have a job, snapped the woman. I'm a mother. We don't list mother as an occupation. Housewife covers it, said the recorder empathetically. The woman continues to write, I forgot all about her story until one day I found myself in the very same situation, this time at our own town hall. The clerk, a career woman, poised, efficient, and possessing a high-sounding title like official interrogator or town registrar. (laughs) And what is your occupation, she probed. What made me say it, I don't know. The word simply popped out of my mouth, she writes. I'm a research associate in the field of child development and human relations. <laughs> the clerk paused, ballpoint pen frozen in midair, and looked up as though she had not heard right. I repeated the title slowly, emphasizing the most significant words. Then I stared with wonder as my pompous pronouncement was written in bold black ink on the official questionnaire. Might I ask, said the clerk with new interest, just what do you do in your field? Coolly and without any trace of fluster in my voice, I heard myself reply, I have a continuing program of research, what mother doesn't, in the laboratory and in the field, normally I would have said indoors and outside. I'm working for my masters, the whole darn family, and already have four credits, all daughters, Of course, the job is one of the most demanding in all the humanities. Any mother care to disagree? I often work 14 hours a day. 24 hours is more like it. But the job is more challenging than most run-of-the-mill careers, and the rewards are paid in satisfaction rather than in money. 
There was an increasing note of respect in the clerk's voice as she completed the form, stood up, and personally ushered me to the door. (laughs) As I drove into our driveway, lifted up by my glamorous new career, I was greeted by my lab assistants, age 13, 7, and 3, and upstairs I could hear our new experimental model, six months, in the child development program, testing out a new vocal pattern. I felt triumphant. I had scored a beat on bureaucracy, and and I had gone down on the official records as someone more distinguished and indispensable to the human race than just another. Friends, there are no just another's in our lives. We are called vocationally by God to be God's messengers of peace and grace, love and hope where we find ourselves. And that means something. That means something to those around us who we have the privilege to nurture and care for. And certainly, that means the world to God. God calls each one of us. May we have the courage. May we have the courage to listen and to follow. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for your ongoing and faithful support of Stony Brook Church, our ministries, and our building. On Tuesday of this week, many of our musicians and staff will be assisting and hosting Bishop Gregory Vaughn Palmer and the members of the West Ohio Conference Board of Ministry for this year's virtual clergy session and then the virtual and in-person ordination service. It really is a joy to be a part of the Connectional Church. If you're worshiping with us online today, you can give your tithes and offerings by mailing your contributions to the church, or you can go online at stonybrook.church forward slash give. We invite the ushers to come now to wait upon us receiving morning tithes and offerings.
Good Shepherd and Risen Lord, we offer our gifts and our very lives to you for the building of your kingdom. Receive and bless our tithes and offerings to spread the good news of your love and peace. Amen and amen. Please remain standing as we sing together, Happy the Home Where God is There. Friends, I want to draw your attention to our Easter banners that finally arrived. It is still the season of Easter. <laughs> but also to acknowledge that these banners are given to the glory of God in honor, celebration, and thanksgiving to the ministry of Bob Thomas. So thank you, Pastor Bob, for all uh, that you've done. He, he didn't want us to do anything, but you know, you know how that works. So. And now may the blessing and love of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be among us this day and remain with us forever. Amen.